You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a land. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor with you. Jesse Osmond here as well behind the glass. Got Hater Love It coming up at uh, 1030. Didn't do it last week. Well, we did it, but we didn't do the point system last week. So we'll be back to you. Competitive Hater Love It in about a half hour or so. Also coming up next segment, uh, bringing back Rashad Rance. As he's got himself uh, a take on the state of people uh, watching sports. But I think just in general at the moment, too. So that's coming up in about 15 minutes. But here... I just want to do a little NBA Combine talk. The NBA Combine was this week, and I don't, um, I don't, I don't know if uh, if people really care about the NBA Combine. I don't know if people really watch the NBA Combine like they do the NFL Combine. I don't for sure. I mean, I don't like watching either, but I definitely didn't turn the NBA Combine on. Whereas the NFL Combine, I might watch a little bit of like the quarterback drills just to see what they look like if they're there, uh, the top guys at least. But from everything that I've been reading. One of the best performers at the Combine and one of maybe the highest risers from the Combine is none other than Oregon's Jordan Bell. hey The he of the no box outs at the end of the championship game. Why do you got to bring up old stuff, Lynch? Well, because that's what he's going to be remembered for at the very end of his career here at Oregon is missing two box outs. And unjustly. Sh- unjustly. True. But he did miss two box outs. He also carried the Ducks for most of that tournament. And he didn't give Oregon a chance to win the game. He gave Oregon a chance Hulk, to be in that game. Your glass half empty, bud. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just stating the facts. This is why Rashad has a rant about sports talking fans. About, talk about Joe ass. Yes, right. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is a fact. Now, I'm not, I'm not denying that Jordan Bell was incredible throughout the tournament. And he's a very good player. But... He did, in fact, at the end of the game, miss three blockouts, box outs, and cause the Ducks a chance at a game-winning or game-tying shot, which they were that is true. known to hit uh, during the tournament this year. However, Jordan Bell is a bit of an interesting player in my mind because he's not really a guy that I could see fitting into in the NBA successfully based on his size and his position, but his energy level and his rebounding ability would fit i just don't know basically he reminds me of a thomas robinson kind of player he'd have to be like this really bombastic energetic guy who's going to go out there and just raise the team up and go in 100 miles an hour the entire time he's out on the floor that's how i view him just from his like size perspective right because he's fairly small for a for a power forward center guy um i think he's six eight but uh you know but he's got kind of like that 
He's got kind of like that extra edge to him, which I think would make him successful. The combine, though, is proving that, at least in all the measurables and the drills that they do there, that maybe he's a little bit more ready than I initially thought just from looking at him. He's been, he set the record for any position, any ever position for the shuttle, ever. Him, six foot eight power forward over any guard, over any shooting guard, over any small forward. He, Jordan Bell, set the record for the shuttle. So he is on point right now. And from everything I've been reading, shooting up uh, draft boards. I, I, I mean, that's not incredibly surprising, you know, just considering I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the draft board and really outside of like the number 12, 13 pick, some of these names just start becoming like uh, literally who is who, like not like in a good way. You know, I see um, Justin Jackson, obviously from North Carolina. Uh, he had a, a pretty good season. I think that's somebody that could really fit into the Blazers system. But Jordan Bell is a guy that I could see, especially after some interviews and things that he has and people really start seeing what type of kid um, he really is. I could see him being a guy that sneaks into late in the first round. Like, I mean, you look at somebody like Draymond Green, and he, who, who also was a second-round pick. Um, a lot of teams looked at him as a guy that probably wouldn't be able to be in the league very, very long, didn't really have a role. But when you're able to play defense the way Jordan Bell is able to play, when you're able to stay active on the re on on the glass like he's able to do, um, I think there's a spot for you on a lot of NBA teams. You know, we've seen a lot of guys get drafted that are much worse <laughs> than Jordan Bell uh, enter Hashim the beat, and he went second overall. So I'm looking at a guy like Jordan Bell who can be energy and constant energy. The only thing about it is you're looking at that and you could be getting Thomas Robinson. Now, mind you, would you have been mad if you got Thomas Robinson at 31st pick? Probably not. But the fact that he went fourth made a lot of people like, uh, this gets kind of a bust. But if you're a Blazer fan, then you really like Thomas Robinson because you love the energy that he was able to bring to you. I look at somebody like Jordan Bell and say he could be that energy um, off the bench or really just that, that scrappy guy that's going to be able to do, do it all for you. I, I know I've been on this show. I started ringing the bell for Bell um, during the tournament. I I think if the Blazers stand pat, they don't find a way to make something, a use of those three picks that they have in the first round, I, I very much think that they should go after Bell with one of those picks. He very much fits one of the needs that the Blazers have, one of the very much glaring needs, and that's a guy down in the paint that's willing to do the work, do the the be nasty down by the rim grab rebounds block shots alter shots get some steals dish some assists every once in a while be efficient around the rim when he takes his opportunities and that's exactly everything that bell does and then you and when you say another thomas robinson thomas robinson was a one and done when you look at at bell he's been with Oregon for three years, he's been polishing his game. I think right now you have edges that have been built into Bell that now you can just polish. Like he's got a game that you're polishing now as opposed to trying to build. So he can come in and he can help you in very specific ways that the Blazers need right away. He can come in here and get those rebounds and block the shots, and you don't need to worry about him being a scorer. A lot of people are worried about online that, oh, this guy can't shoot. We don't need another shooter i mean granted it would be nice to have a, a like a, a another like um small forward or something who could take a three or another guy who could be a spot up three-point shooter but you need defense so desperately on this team that's what he gives you in spades well i think the blazers need a lot of things 
including defense, but they also need another shooter for sure. That's why they have three draft picks, which is nice. Exactly. Um, I'm just, I, if he's actually rocketing up draft boards, I'm curious if the Blazers will be able to get him. I don't know if he'll f- go as high as above 15. So they should, if they want, be able to get him. Just have some quotes here from a GM, one GM and one from a Draft Express, which is uh, one of the other top NBA draft mock sites and combine sites. The first from the GM uh, on Jordan Bell. He impacts the game in so many ways defensively. His ability to switch and guard four, maybe five positions is his real value in the league. And I think he knows who he is. He doesn't try to force things offensively. He's going to earn his way onto a roster. I did see some uh, video of him working on his jump shots. So that is that is important. He should be able to at least do kind of the Noah Vonley if he has an open shot, take an open shot kind of thing. I think that's going to be helpful. And then Draft Express says he did all the usual things scouts have come to expect from him, flying around on the both ends of the floor, protecting the rim both on the ball and rotating from the weak side, playing lockdown defense on forwards and centers alike, closing out aggressively on the perimeter and holding its ground in the post. He mixed that in with some nice flashes on offense. It's a good sign, particularly with his passing on the move and even finding some success with the ball in his hands on short isos and post-ups on route to inefficient 13 points, et cetera, et cetera. So he's been playing his game, but almost at a more refined way it appears at the combine it's easy to do it's a controlled atmosphere you're not in the flow of a game it's easier to be very controlled and and kind of get everything out there in the in the right way because you're trying to do that but that is that's great sign for him and look are the blazers going to draft him i don't know the blazers have a need for a big who can rebound and play defense but there are a lot of guys like that in this draft uh, if you look at like nba draft.net's mock draft they currently have jordan bell going 31st overall first pick of the second round there's guys like uh, John Collins from Wake Forest, who is a very similar. He's bigger. He's like seven foot. He's a, he's a big defender. Um, there's the guy like Bam Adebayo from Kentucky, who's the same way. Hamadou Diallo is the same way, again, from Kentucky, although he didn't really play. There's a lot of guys who are in the draft in that range that the Blazers could take. But even for Jordan Bell, even if he doesn't go to Portland, I think it's it, it's good to see him performing well just because I want to see him do well in the league. And I think I really do think Jordan Bell, because of his work ethic, I think he's one of those guys that's going to be in the league for a while. And and I keep bringing up Draymond Green's name because I think he's one of those guys that you looked at and said, yeah, he probably won't make it. There's nothing about his game from Michigan State that you said, oh, man, he's going to be a, a big star in this NBA. Now, mind you, a lot of it has to do with where he goes. And I think that's a big part, too. Like, where exactly does he go? If he ends up in Denver, well, we saw how they did Nurkic. So there's a chance he may never get off the bench there. You know, he, if he ends up somewhere like Oklahoma City where Westbrook isn't too keen on on letting anybody else uh, do anything with the ball, it's, especially rebound, which is what he really does. You know, he's screwed if he ends up in Brooklyn, if he ends up in Toronto. Like, there's certain places, like, you really – I'm pulling for him not to go, you know, yeah. just because I want to see this young man go, much like Dylan Brooks and uh, – uh, what's the Tyler Dorsey? I'd like to see them. I think every Oregon fan would like to see them go and go to a team like a Phoenix or like an up and coming um, uh, Boston or New York, you know, just somewhere that you can see them thrive. I don't want to see them go to, I mean, Sacramento. Sacramento, where they're just going to be in basketball purgatory. Yeah. I mean, we can go to certain places like New York Knicks, where, I mean, you just you're destined to fail there because it, the front office is a failure. I mean, well, Hey, Porzingis is good. Uh, Porzingis is good. And he wants he's the heck to out. out. You think he's going to be resigning with them? I doubt it. I mean, outside the fact that you can offer him a ton of money, but like one thing I like about bell that I, it, and once again, reminds me of Draymond green. 
he might be small, but he plays big. Mm-hmm. He, he's got that attitude, a chip on his shoulder that, you know what, I might be 6'8", but I play like I'm 6'10", or I'm 6'11", and and that is important, and that's what made a second-round pick in Draymond Green a star in this league. It, it was the attitude, and when you go, there are other guys that do similar things physically. When I watched Bell, what I think outside the fact that he rebounded and did all these things, he did play with an attitude, and one of the things that you want on this on this team, you know, you got you got Dame who's got attitude, you know, and people seem to feed off of that. So get another guy who's got some really nasty attitude down in the paint, and watch those guys feed off of each other. I th- I this team has lots of glaring holes, but I think a big hole is filled when you get a guy like what he brings, and then then you just, I mean, I think the biggest hole outside of that is you find a guy who can really shoot a three when he gets open. I think you need a defender out on the wing or as a guard position as well, which I basically all the mock drafts I've been seeing have basically have the Blazers taking two bigs and one defensive-minded shooting guard. That's kind of the theme I've seen around all of the mock drafts, and nobody, and I repeat, nobody will be happier if the Blazers take Jordan Bell than Jesse Osmond. He will be the most happy person of all time. Absolutely, he, he is the he is the flag bearer of the Jordan Bell to the Blazers uh, group. The Blazers might actually get me back in their corner. I've been I've been a little down on the Blazers as far as an organization. So if they want to go and get me back in their corner, you go get Jordan. <laughs> yeah, Bell. just to get Jesse back, they'll do it, <laughs> guaranteed. All right, coming up next, we bring back Rashad Rance. He's got himself a little rant that he shared a bit with me earlier, and. Uh, I tied it into something that's happening today with my favorite team. This is Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1018 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Lynch across from Rashad Taylor. We did this, I want to say, two, three weeks ago. I just called it Rashad Rants. I don't know. It's alliteration. It worked. It fit in my brain. You know, every once in a while, Rashad comes in with a super hot take, and I kind of like the idea of the segment being fairly regular because, at least to me, Rashad's opinions are very different than the norm when it comes to the things that he is incredibly passionate about. The amount of times where he said something, and I've basically just gone, What? <laughs> Why? You think that? Although this rant I do tend to agree with. But uh, in general, I'm like, whoa, why Why is that your hot take on this? Like your CJ better than Dame take that you love mm-hmm. or James Harden over Russell Westbrook as MVP take. Like, you know, it's it, they're, they're fair points to it. They're not necessarily wrong takes. They're just very different than the norm. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. So with that being said, maybe we'll do a, a weekly segment, the Rashad Rant segment, well, if he's got something. okay with that. No pressure. But sure, we can think of something to, to be to be mad about. Mad <laughs> you don't have to tell, think about something. I feel, mad, like, I feel like naturally you've got something well, you're passionate about well, every yeah, week. It, this week it was kind of, I guess it was uh, kind of a multitude, you know, of things. And it just kind of got me thinking, like, why the hell are people so angry, you know, when it comes to everything? Like, we live in a very, very much uh, kind of a glass half empty uh, society right now. And I don't know if it was maybe the, all the political climate that we're living in right now. I don't know if it's the social media era that we're living in right now. But everybody is really, really... What's the word? I'm over, Overwhelmingly... They're really volatile. Yeah, really volatile and really outraged by everything all the time. And I'm trying to understand why. Like, as far as 
Now, 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 let's go ahead and take away the everything that's going on in politics. I don't want to get too caught up no. in everything that's going on in politics. But the, whether you agree, whether you disagree. But the vibe whatever. is very the vibe combative is, in so, politics right now. So we, we live in a day that nobody, nobody ever wants to congratulate anybody or anything on anything they do. We just want to roast. We live in this social media area where, where you can go ahead and just be irritated and angry by everything. So... We say we want parity in sports, but we don't really mean that. We just want the teams that we want to see, you know, at all times. So if it were the Blazers in the finals right now or in the playoffs, we'd still – nobody would say this is boring playoffs. Nobody would say any of those things because our team is is kind of competing. But when good things happen in sports, man, we throw salt. This is the first time I can remember in, in my entire life that I've seen a dude get a triple-double. And all we did for an entire season is hate on this dude for what he did on he's a selfish player he doesn't do this right and if he was I wouldn't it wouldn't be the guy that had to leave my team you just saw a dude for the first time since 1965 or 55 or whatever it was grabbing grab a, a triple double that means every night he got 30 points 10 rebounds 10 assists I have, I'm 34 years old I haven't seen that in my lifetime and then you have another dude who had the most efficient office and season of all time and we're still finding reasons to throw salt at that dude instead of saying man can't believe what I just saw, man. Westbrook is a beast, putting up the triple-double. Or, man, James Harden has had 200 more points than Westbrook. Instead of saying, man, great season, I can't believe what I just saw. And, man, LeBron just happens to be getting the most rebounds and assists that he's ever had. Oh, LeBron's having a bad year, and you can't give the MVP to somebody that's coming from a sixth seed. And you can't, like, when are we ever going to take time to say, damn, I just might have seen something great? Did we just see a national championship two years ago for football where it came down to, man, just a couple plays for, for Clemson to, mm -hmm. to be in it and just lose to Alabama? And then the, the very same thing happened the next year and Clemson pulls it out. And then you had a national championship basketball game where it came down to two three-pointers to win the game. And then you had a Super Bowl where you, you had a team come back from 20-something down to win the game. Like, as far as sports go... We should be doing nothing but congratulating people. But no, we're mad. We're mad at all the coverage Kobe's getting for his retirement. One of the greatest all time. Played 20 years for the same team. Five championships, 14-time All-NBA. No, but, but we're mad about the fact that we're giving him uh, coverage. You're mad about the fact that Derek Jeter gets uh, retirement coverage, although he's one of the greatest shortstops to ever play and the greatest Yankee shortstop to ever, to ever play on that team. Five championships, too, but we're still mad about all the coverage that he's getting. But then you turn around and you're mad about Tim Duncan not getting enough coverage. Right. So what do you want? It, what's interesting, that was what I was going to bring up is the Jeter stuff. And, it, you know, as a Yankee fan, I, I, I don't know, it's, it's all positive for me for Jeter. But I clicked MLB's Twitter has been tweeting like this bracket of the greatest Jeter plays this week because the Yankees are retiring his number, et cetera. And whenever I click on the tweet, I would say it's about 95% hostility towards the Jeter retirement ceremony and saying, who cares? He's retired. He's out of the league. Why are you talking about him anymore? Get this guy out of here. Nobody cares. Shut up, MLB. Like, stuff like that, right? And I'm over here going, I, disrespect. I, I understand that the Jeter final year was a little much, right? Every game, everybody's talking about it. I get it. But his number's getting retired. And the Yankees pegged it Jeter week, right? That's what the – it's a Yankees thing. So MLB is following suit and talking about it too because guess what? The biggest brand in the MLB, despite not winning since 2009, is still the New York Yankees. So they're going to get a lot of attention for it. But it's very – there's so much negativity. Look, baseball players don't dislike – or baseball fans don't dislike Derek Jeter. He's impossible to dislike. You don't like the Yankees, sure. 
But Derek Jeter is a light guy. I, you can go to any baseball fan and say, do you like Derek Jeter? They'll go, yeah, I like Derek Jeter. Uh, I mean, it's it's easy. You say the same thing about Griffey. You know, there's there's players like that in every single generation of of all sports, really, but baseball, I think, especially, where there's just universally loved players. And Jeter was one of them. But now, because we're in this time where everybody has to be angry about everything and everybody has to be negative about everything, it's everybody's ripping MLB for tweeting about Jeter. It's like, you're right. I agree with you. you, Why, should, you can, should, can we and, be positive? And you should, mind you, and you guys know, I think you guys know I'm, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. That being said, Derek Jeter is one of my favorite players of all time. Why? Because, man, as a black kid, and mind you, he's a biracial angel and we all know it, there weren't a lot of guys at that point to look to and say, man, this, this is how you do it. Man, Derek Jeter's never been in trouble. Derek Jeter's dated supermodels. Derek Jeter's been at the highest, played at the highest level of Major League Baseball, which I believe is the hardest sport to play outside of golf. And and he's 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 been dominant, you know? And so I'm trying to understand why we can't let these dudes smell the flowers while they're while they're still here. I don't understand. You know, you know when we are sympathetic or empathetic is when somebody passes away. We're all rest in peace, big Rob or rest in peace, Whitney Houston, or rest in peace, Prince, even though you've never listened to a Prince album or you've never seen Robin Big or you've never done any of those things, but still now is when you want to show that you actually care. I say, man, you know what? Let Derek Jeter smell the flowers now. Let him know how much you appreciate him and what he's done for, for, your, for sports and for your childhood and everything right now. I'm trying to understand why we have to be so mad and so angry about these these great things Dude. that happen. I, I just don't get it. We hate greatness. We don't, We as much as we say we want to see greatness, that's not true. We don't want to see greatness. We don't want anything to be better than what we've seen before, which is why we still, regardless of LeBron surpassing Jordan in every playoff statistical category, Jordan's still better. Do you think any of it has to do with maybe, I don't want to give shows like this too much credit, but... I mean, maybe I'm just naive, and maybe they they have deserve a lot of credit for this, or I guess a lot of I don't know if credit's the right word, but they they've caused this. It shows like first take, where and like ESPN doing the embrace debate stuff, or even in some respects sports talk radio, because it's a very opinion based thing. Do you think those kind of shows and the fact that there's a in maybe not at this station, but in sports radio and on those shows, there's a lot of like heated conversations back and forth. There's a lot of anger and differing opinions. Do you think that has caused this in sports at least? Yeah. Do you think that trend of like Stephen A. Smith screaming at you through the TV about LeVar Ball, about everything, has caused people to scream back and then in their daily lives scream at other people because that's just what they're feeling? I think that every based on that show, I think every sports fan believes that their take is the hottest. Their take has you, you. You have the most. Uh, it's the most researched. You know, kind of all those things. We live in a day to where, man, I can just look at my phone and find out whatever information I can go to. Football reference, basketball reference. There's a baseball reference, and I can find out whatever information I want to right now and kind of build my. Uh, Jesse and I were just talking about Tony Gonzalez and and um, Rob Gronkowski and and who's better. And I just well, all I did is pull up basketball or football reference and just kind of see. What, what the numbers say. So everybody believes that they are the expert. Hell, man, people talk to me at work all the time like I'm the sports expert. I'm like, man, I'm not no expert. I just talk about sports, man. Like that's, that's about all it is, man. I watch the game and I talk about what I saw in the game. That's about it. You know what I'm saying? So everybody believes that there's that that they have to be the rightest. And uh, there's one thing the cowherd says, and I actually totally agree with. So most people want to uh, be right instead of worry about getting it right. 
I would just worry about getting it right. Most people just want to have the final word, and more than anything, even if I'm wrong, I want to get my point across. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the, the where, where we are. That's the climate of sports right now. And they won't accept when they're wrong Absolutely. kind of thing. Absolutely. will not accept when, when they're wrong or, or anything like that. And that's fine because, you know, there is really no wrong answer. It's all opinion-based. opinion, opinion based. And so my thing is, like, if you do have that opinion, man, just why do you have to just keep it to yourself? Like, if you're going to hate, hate in silence. Like, well, I think it's okay to share your opinion. I just don't think it's okay to, like, to disrespect someone else's opinion, I guess is the way I'm saying Especially if your opinion is always, uh, you know, you're always the right one or whatever. That's like, I don't I don't want to hear that. You're always angry. You're always the hating one. Like, I have certain people that I've had to block on Facebook and stuff because you're just so damn negative. Like, everything about your post is negative, whether it's about sports, whether it's about life. Like, you're a negative person. And I think in sports we have a lot of negative people that are waiting with that Jordan cry meme to put it out there and say that, yep, I told you so. Before the game's even started, yeah, I'm going to just make this just in case. We're prepared to hate. We're not prepared to give congratulations or thank yous at this point. All right. Well, there is another classic and correct Rashad rant. Uh, see? And, and anytime you rant now, I'm going to try to be extra negative just to Go grind, for it. grind your gears. Go for it. Right? You're going to be ranting about You're like, look, man, you're an idiot. <laughs> you don't know anything, Rashad. No, I'm kidding. But uh, it happens. Wouldn't be the first time. Maybe we'll make that. I like I like this because he's very passionate about certain things, and I, I like I like Rashad's passion. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Love your passion. I appreciate it. Uh, so uh, let's let's start doing that weekly. If you got something, we'll I'm do down. it. Maybe we'll do it at ten fifteen. We can move it around. It's depending on what the week is like. But uh, start start keeping an ear out for that. All right, coming up next, hate it or love it. Back to the competitive hate it or love it, as uh, it's been uh, it's been missing for a couple of weeks. So Here we'll we go. Get back to this. Yeah, let's get back to our hot take, heated opinion time. Yeah, okay. Let's hear it. Uh, but first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hit it or love it time. Back to the competitive version. Dun, dun, dun. Mario themed around the horn. Hate it to love it. Didn't do it last week because it was just Rashad and I. Then the week before that, it was just Jesse and I. So uh, this will be the first competitive in a couple of weeks, although I did crown myself the champion two weeks ago when it was just Jesse and I. So uh, I haven't kept the standings. I think it's close. I want to say, like, I'm up, up four to three or three to two or something like that. Four, I, th- I believe it's four to Lynch. Four to, ooh, so Jesse's keeping the standings. And Lynch good. has the last victory, which means you get to decide whether you go first. Or second. Ooh, is this a new rule? Uh, I think we we came up with this like three weeks ago, but we didn't implement it. So it's kind of another, like you get to host the last segment, but you also get to choose whether you go first or second. I will choose to go second in my answer. All right. So Rashad, this this one's going to be for you to start. You want to go first? Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to start with this. Uh, I hate this. It's. It's been shoved down our throat by ESPN mostly more than anything, oh, but God. also Sports Center and everything. Is it LeVar Ball? It is LeVar Ball. Called it. Now, now granted, yes, uh, I think this is one thing that actually is worthy of talking about, and that that is his ridiculous shoes. Um, those shoes that are $495, unless you're going to get them, I think, signed, in which case they're dang near a grand for a signed pair of shoes from somebody who's never played an NBA game. Now, um, some people have already put it out there that they've ordered the shoes. 
uh, they, they, you know, they were big ballers and they uh, they ordered the big baller brand shoe. Because if you're not a big baller, you can't, you you can't, can't buy the it, shoe. Exactly. <laughs> With that being said, LeVar Ball will change the price point of elite players' brand of clothing. He will change the price? Change the price line, yeah. Because right now you can get, like, a pair of Jordans for, like, 180 bucks or, you know, it, you, it, under $200, no problem. You get the best players in the league's shoes. You're talking $500 now. This is, we're talking, he is now changing the price point of basketball apparel. Um, yeah. I'm, I would, oh, geez. Not so easy going first, is it? Well, no, only because I know what I want to say, but, geez, I don't know. I, can I be indifferent? No. I guess. Uh, okay. I, uh, well, I, uh, right. uh, I you already it. lost a point. Well, why? That's weird. <laughs> can I be indifferent? You That's know the rules. Where did that sound even come from? That's not even the Mario sound. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, all right so <laughs> I guess I, I hate it. Here's why. Uh, most of the guys that already have their brands, you know, uh, they're, they're going to be branded with Nike and, and Adidas and everything like that. There is, however, one brand that that does charge up for up for $300 for a shoe, and nobody said anything about it, and it's Kanye West, who's never shot a jump shot, who's never made a layup in the NBA, but yet still the Yeezys are Adidas' number one seller, and they have been for quite a while. So would it shock me if more and more guys start saying, man, I have my own shoe, this is the price it's going to be. Now, is it going to be $450? I totally doubt that anybody's going to be that short-sighted to do that. But mind you, LeVar Ball was looking for a billion-dollar deal. What way? What better way to make a billion dollars is charge $450 for your shoes. Because if I sell a million of them, then I'm going to be in the money like that. So I think that was his way of thinking. It's obviously not going to happen. I think more, more guys are smart enough at this point to see the backlash that LeVar is getting to say, yeah, this is probably not a good idea to charge this much for that shoe. Mind you, the shoe itself isn't bad. It's just the fact that you're charging $450 for it. I think if he for sure said these shoes are going to be $250, 270. I don't think anybody would have really budged like that because most shoes are anywhere between 100, 160 and 200 dollars. I don't think anybody would have budged that, but the 450 price tag makes it silly. And I think guys are looking at that going, shoe is cool. No way I'm charging 450 for it. Mm, I hate it too. A, the shoe's not cool. It's not bad, but it's not cool. Second of all, you mentioned Kanye West. Uh, I do agree that Kanye's shoes are selling, but guess what? Kanye is a superstar. He's a worldwide superstar. Lonzo Ball is a one-and-done... We don't know yet. Exactly. Lonzo Ball is a one-and-done player who hasn't played a second in the NBA yet, yet his shoes are more money than Kanye West's shoes. That is stupid. Kanye Kanye can't shoot. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Kanye can have shoes. He doesn't have to be be a basketball player to have shoes. Um, I also hate it because the companies that make shoes, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, etc., are way too smart than to charge $495 for a basic pair of shoes. Now, if there's a very special event Jordan, then I can see that maybe going up there in price. We've seen that before, although I don't know if Nike sells it for that or if it just goes on like secondary sales for much more expensive as they run out of inventory. But they're too smart. That's why all three companies turned them down. That's why all three companies said, look, A, we're not making you a brand because your name is stupid and you have the word brand in your name, which is dumb. But second of all, you're... Your price point's too high. So you do it on your own, and if you fail and you drop the price point, then well, come back and talk the to us. Part. They've only sold 200 and some, some odd shoes. already made 150 racks, or 150,000. So yeah, that's, not to say that it's, it's a lot of money for it's, him. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of money, you know, for, for anybody. But 
I think that's going to pale in comparison. Now, let's say, mind you, these stay $450. And let's say his first couple weeks in the NBA, they do. he does pretty well. You think those numbers aren't going to go up? Absolutely they will. People are just waiting at this point to see man, how good you're actually going to be. Because if you're halfway decent in the, NFL, in the NBA, then yes, more people are going to buy those $450 shoes. Absolutely. You know, you can get like uh, Kobe's, LeBron's, and Steph's shoe for less than you could buy that his one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but just, mind just you, throwing that at out the there. same time, we're not really talking about Kobe, LeBron, and Steph Shoe right now. We're, we spent the last week and a half talking about LeVar Ball and the big baller brands, as ugly as they may be or as expensive as they may be. Man, you're talking about his son's shoe. Markel Fultz don't have one yet. Yeah. We, haven't mentioned, we haven't mentioned Markel Fultz, the number one overall pick this entire time because we've been talking about the uh, big baller and their brand and their shoes. All right. Um... The Jacksonville Jaguars last year was one of my hot teams coming in the NFL. You know, they've had so many good drafts in a row, some decent free agent signings. It hasn't panned out. They they went and got TJ Yeldon the second round two years ago. They signed Chris Ivory to a five-year contract last year. Uh, and then they took Leonard Fournette fourth overall this year, which means they kind of have a crowded backfield as far as investments are concerned. With that being said... Fournette is expected to be the go-to guy, the workhorse for that team. Love or hate, Fournette will not reach 1,000 yards in his rookie season. You still got to go first, Rashad. Oh, I do? Yeah, for the whole time. Uh, That's the whole point of it. Jeez, okay. Um, who's Fournette play for again? The Jaguars. <laughs> hey, hey. They'll get anywhere near 1,000 yards a season. Let's just be honest. The Jacksonville Jaguars... Um, I think we're everybody's hot team coming into la to last year just because you had a Blake Bortles who looks like he turned the corner. You had a couple good uh, good receivers. You ended up bringing in somebody like Chris Ivory. You thought that was going to be the really the, the turning point of the team. Um, you still don't have very uh, very good of an offensive line, and I think that's going to really prevent you from doing a whole, whole lot running the ball. If every offensive line looked like the Dallas Cowboys or even the, the this Patriots offensive line this year, then I think he would have a lot of success. The simple fact is um, there's nobody to protect Blake Bortles. And when you don't have anybody to protect your quarterback, they're going to be handing the ball to you a whole, whole lot. And I'm not sure if – mind you, he's a big, strong, powerful kid, but he's also a kid that's just learning how to play quarterback – or, excuse me, learning how to play running back in the NFL. I think it was much easier for somebody like Ezekiel Elliott because you came into an already established line who already had two years' worth of, of running backs that were just able to dominate behind them. That's not the case in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, they're basically – bare bones they have to try to build um, from the offensive line out that's not what they're doing they're still getting skill position players they're still getting receivers they're still getting uh, lots of dbs and safety so right now it doesn't look like offensive line is a big priority to them and that's a problem especially if you're leonard Fournette. i also hate that he'll get a thousand yards in this uh exhibit a for me is that they still have tj eldon and chris ivory yeah they still have two guys who at one point in their career were number one running backs. Um, Leonard Fournette, too, and this is, I'm taking this mostly from Souk because I trust his opinion on this. He thinks Fournette's going to be bad. He doesn't think he's going to be a good running back. He thinks he's going to be Trent Richardson all over again. He's a guy whose style of play is not fitting the NFL anymore in terms of running backs, at least not in the same way that it has in the past big body bruising running backs are a dying breed in the NFL. There's very few who do it effectively. And I, I do agree with Rashad. The offensive line is going to be a huge issue there because they just have to, they have to run through that. Because if you think about it, Chris Ivory is a good running back. TJ Eldon is a good okay, running right. back, but 
they haven't had good seasons because the offensive line has not been able to protect them. And also, they fall behind in every single game. So running-wise, they just lose the ability to run the football. I don't, so, know, if, I don't know if Trent Richardson is a fair comparison. I look, I look at SEC somebody like... quarterback, a running back who drafted at, in the I top five. I look at Burnett, and I'll be honest. I, I see a lot of, mind you, just because of his size, because of what he can do, I see a lot of Adrian Peterson. You know, now mind you, I don't... I don't. Do I see the, the explosion that AP has? No, but I see the ability to make guys miss in open field and just be bigger than them to run run through them. I think that was one of the things that AP definitely had. And I look at Burnett and see he can be a lot of that, too. So I will hate it. I will say no. He will not get to 1,000 yards. It might, he might be good. I, I could be totally wrong on that. But even then, he has two other running backs in that committee who are going to be fighting for carries for him. So, hmm. no number, no no 1,000 for me. All right, guys. Lightning round. Uh, Lynch, you're up by one. Hit 7-6 Lynch. Okay, just okay. so you guys know, going into this last one. Um, <laughs> only one. Only one. Uh, this is, we're, we're going to go NBA, back to the NBA. Um, Steve Kerr came back uh, to a practice for the first time since he took himself away from the game midway through the Portland series. Uh, but it's still probably not going to be on this um, on courtside for the games. Still not healthy enough. So with that being said, if Kerr can't coach the Western Conference Finals, the positive effect of Popovich will give San Antonio a true shot to steal the series from the Warriors. Love. Love. Um, the simple fact that I think head coach, when you get to the NBA uh, finals, the uh, conference finals, it's really about coaching. At this point, you know what your two teams are able to do. You played each other, you played each other enough in the regular season to really know what each other's strengths and weaknesses are. This is really about game planning and scheming. And when you don't have your head coach there to be able to make those decisions about who comes out, who guards who, uh, what kind of rotation are we looking at? Should we go small? Should we go bigger? So those are some of the some of the decisions you make. It's not necessarily are we going to run the pick and roll and how we're going to do those things. Those are things you've practiced the entire time for the entire year. At this point is what adjustments can we make? At this point, the NBA Finals and the Conference Finals is all about what adjustments you're able to make. We've seen teams get blown out, and then we've seen them respond the next night with blowing the other team out because they were able to go in there and make those adjustments. If you don't have your head coach in there, somebody who's been coach of the year, I think the, the, the he won it last two years? Steve Kerr? Was the last two years he got coach of the year? Is it just one? Hmm. I don't I can't remember. remember, but I know he is the, the, the defending reigning coach of the year. And so that means he he has some valuable information to give his team. The one knock Mark Jackson got all the time is he didn't know the X's and O's. And then so then you get a Steve Curry and somebody who does know the X's and O's, and all of a sudden the Warriors become the most uh, popular team in the NBA and possibly and the best team in the NBA. If you don't have anybody, and we all say Popovich is by far and away the best NBA head coach that they have possibly of all time. I say of all time. And if you don't have your head coach there to play. Uh, chess with him. I, I think thought you're this gonna was be supposed to be a, a lightning round, Rashad. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know how fast. The music stopped. I, I think if you don't have your head coach there, you're going to have all, a, a whole lot of problems making adjustments. I will say hate. Uh, the Spurs, Greg Popovich over or with, with Mike Brown coaching the Warriors is not going to give the Spurs a chance to win the series because the Spurs have no chance to win this series. The Warriors are going to the finals again. The Warriors have swept the first two series against the Blazers and the Jazz with literally no issues. None. In game four of each series, when generally there is times where uh, there's a gentleman sweep in the in the cards, uh, no, they just flattened both teams without regard for their sanity. Uh, Kevin Durant played an incredible game, making up for a bad game for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and the Warriors won despite Klay having like eight points in the game. It was it was all Kevin Durant. This team is built to win. 
the West. This team is built to have revenge on the Cavs and win the NBA title. Greg Popovich, uh, LeBron James, nothing is stopping the Warriors this year. It's just the vibe you're getting right now, and Greg Popovich is not going to make that difference for the Spurs because, frankly, they're not the same Spurs. They're good. They're great, but they're not going to beat the Warriors, so uh, Warriors are going to win. See, that's lightning round. All right. I think I was just about as, you know. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give Rashad like four this. Four more minutes. <laughs> you, it, it was long, but at least you were spitting all your information out like a you know machine gun. It was just coming out. Fast. Like you were, you were throwing out a lot of he information. He said lightning round. I didn't know, I didn't know that meant. <laughs> he wants to get the extra points in because he wants to win. That's what yeah, he's man, doing. Yeah, man, trying to win. What you talking about, man? I need these W's, bro. Ten to nine. It was so close to this. Might be our closest round. Ten to nine in favor of. Rashad Taylor. Booyah! Oh, wait, wrong one. There we go. Yeah, yeah there we go. Much. I'm sorry. Did those extra two points come in the extra two minutes of yes, rambling in the lightning yes, round? Yes, they did. Hey, he actually yes, got did. like, I mean, he jumped out really quick with those points. Yes, they did. All right, well, Rashad gets to run the last segment, so. Woo! <laughs> uh, Just sit back and relax, com- Lynch. Coming up next. <laughs> yeah, about that. Rashad's segment <laughs> idea, whatever it is that he wants to do. Sports. We're here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right. We only got like two minutes, but it's always the case with our last segment. It's such a it's such a fake prize. The real prize now is going to be choosing whether to go first or second during Hate It or Love It. Because That's going to be the thing. This is such a fake prize. We get to hear the winner bed, and then whoever wins gets to run the segment. So, Rashad, without further ado, uh, let's go. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn it over to you. Back to you, Lynch. <laughs> I'll be honest. We never come up with the last segment. So. Riveting radio. Yeah. I had I had a note written down. I wanted to give some love to Oregon State baseball. Shout out to the Beavs. Beavs baseball swept the Ducks this weekend. They uh, uh, they won the Pac-12 title with it, and Pac Hasty got his 1,000th win in the process as head coach of Oregon State. So, with that, I want to give some love to the Beavs, who are the number one team in the country once again. And um, Ducks, who were good, I want to say two years ago, have kind of faltered lately. But Oregon State doesn't falter, baby. Pat Casey, great head coach. And Beavs uh, baseball team is always one to watch. Now, it's one, personally, I find it hard to pay attention to college baseball. It's never been something I've watched or cared about. But once we get towards the end of the season and the College World Series starts and the Beavs are in it, you better believe I'm going to be watching. Local team, got to root for them. Now, you, you follow baseball, you know, obviously much closer than I do. So... Mm-hmm. Where are the Beavs as far as because they've they've won the national championship a couple of years twice yeah so now they're back you know to the top of the heat where does that put the Beavs as far as baseball hierarchy in in college baseball like are they considered you know because I'm looking at this list right now from um, USA Today College and they're not even in the top ten and for a team that's won the national championship I think twice in the last ten years I uh, think so yeah that's that's a little little surprising to me so where in, in your opinion, where exactly is Oregon? Because I'll be real. I don't know. I'm gonna, not even going to lie. Well, I'm, look, I'm, I'm like you going to a list because I don't know. Uh, this one's on some random website. But they've got USC number one, 12 World Series titles, 21 appearances. Texas, LSU, Arizona State, Miami, Cal State Fullerton all have won three or more. 
I'd say they're probably right around the 10, the 10 area. Just judging by some of the stats that I'm seeing here, I'd say they're cracking the top 10 soon is what I would say. And um, that's good. I mean, for a team like Oregon State, which you wouldn't imagine to have a great baseball culture in a place like Oregon, in a place like the Pacific Northwest, which is not a place that's conducive to baseball, um, that is uh, that, that's something that that's pretty impressive to me. So well, when you got teams like Arizona State and Cal State Fullerton and all the Florida schools, like those are places that are baseball schools. This will be always be the thing that Oregon State can hold over uh, University of Oregon is the fact that their baseball team is legit. There's Oregon spent some team some time being really good at baseball, not as good this year, but. Uh, Oregon State can definitely hang their hat on the fact that, man, they've got a hell of a baseball program. They just continue to pump out some of the best dudes, so shout out to the Bees. All right, we got to go. It is time to break. 10.57, I got to try and be on time more. Right, Jesse? Almost yells at me yeah. before the show. Break, 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 break. Um, all right, we're going to be back next week, and uh, enjoy your Sunday. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, ladies. If you graduated, happy graduation weekend. Uh, enjoy brunch if you're doing mother's day brunch today hopefully the waits aren't too long hopefully you see some sun and uh hopefully mom is happy and uh, we'll see you again next week omaha 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 this one's for pat this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.